All right, Rob, I am so turned around here. I hate driving at night. The fog's horrible. I have really no idea where I am going. I know what you mean, and this map, I don't know whether I'm looking at it right side up or upside down or sideways, but I'm not making any sense of these roads here. No, I know. I can't believe we let our phones die before the road trip. What? I, I'm telling you, we need adult supervision at all times. I think we do. Yeah, we need like a a nursemaid or something. Something. Oh, holy shit. Holy shit. Oh, what just happened? I'm pretty sure I just hit a streaker. How could you tell? Well, what else do you call a noon man with nothing but tennis shoes on? <laughs> Touche. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm telling you, I hit a guy. I hit a naked guy. I'm not. I'm not joking. I'm dead serious. <laughs> you want to get out of the car and see if they're still alive? I mean, yeah, we got to do something. We can't just leave him. We got to get out. Oh my oh, god, this is going to affect my insurance. Uh, let me let me put the map back on the seat. Yeah. Here. All right. Okay, you're coming with me because I'm not going out there alone. This is like creepy as it is. Come on. Okay, yeah, I'll get the flashlight from the glove box. Okay, here we go. Uh, All right. Who are you? Does that look like an arm to you? Yeah. Wait, is that a dick? That's totally a dick. So I've got an arm and a dick on the grill of the car. And this is a rental. Yeah, we're going to. How do you explain this? Oh, honestly, I, I don't even know. Holy shit. It just moved. Oh, fuck. What the dick or the arm? No, the arm, the arm just moved. Oh, that would be weird if the dick moved. That would be weird. What's with the flashball? This is the road to Potter's Bluff. Maybe you've been there. Clean, picturesque full of old-fashioned friendliness, the kind of town everyone likes to visit. This is the road to Potter's Bluff. There is no road out. Welcome to Potter's Bluff. From the creators of Alien, terror brought down to Earth, dead and buried. Is there any way whatsoever to reanimate people after they have died? to get them to walk around. That guy, the one you, you came to see me about last week, the one that died after the car wreck. Yeah. I just saw him. Man, he's dead. It's the same guy. Welcome to Potter's Bluff. When you die, you expect to remain dead and buried. I had a very close call. Just lie still. I'm going to give you something. It's going to make you feel even better. When you die in Potter's Bluff, expect the unexpected. From the creators of Alien. Dead and buried. It will take your breath away. All of it. And buried. Judging from that trailer, you have joined us once again on the Midnight Mass Creature cast for the ever creepy Dead and Buried from 1981. I'm your co-host, Mark, and I'm always joined by the incredibly awesome. I'm Sheriff Bobby this week. 
<laughs> Sheriff Bobby. Yeah. That would explain the uh, giant uh, hat and the little sheriff's badge and yeah. the vest and the assless chaps. <laughs> right. The, I, I, you know, the, I had to go full Monty on this. I couldn't help you myself. You had to. Yeah. Which I always thought, aren't all chaps assless? Why would you say assless chaps? I never got that. Yeah, why why do they call them assless chaps when they're just chaps and then you wear kind of like leather pants underneath? Exactly. I don't yeah. know. But anyway, you look very you look very spiffy today. I would definitely uh uh respect your authority. <laughs> well, thank you. I found this badge in uh my dresser drawer. I I had it when I was 10 years old. It, it, it's still very shiny and you wear it well. Thank you. You're welcome. So who would I go? I guess today I will be the mortician coroner with the extra thick glasses. Ooh, you're going <laughs> dark on me on this one. Yeah, that's how I roll. That is how I roll. <laughs> Very good. Now, yes. Now, before we do anything, I've got to get this out of the way, Rob, because I sounded like a moron last episode and I must correct it because I don't want to lose any cred with all the horror fans out there. Uh-oh, what happened? Oh, oh. So I talked about The Guardian, the, the horror movie that was done by the director of The Exorcist and Cruising and Exorcist, you know, all the all the cool horror movies guys done and, mm -hmm. and cool movies. But it's William Friedkin. And I said William Peter Blatty. He's the author of The Exorcist. The actual director is William Friedkin. Oh, and I'm sure everyone okay. was screaming at me, but I got to get that out of the way so I don't sound like a total moron. Yeah, I, I am didn't. one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any emails about it, so I think you're good. I just, yeah, I just don't want to sound like one because I am one, but you know, I don't want to sound like. It. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to sound more professional. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm hoping the thick glasses help. Yeah, well, they do. But, I mean, they. I don't remember seeing any Coke bottle thick glasses like that since you know maybe the '80s. But hey, you're you're pulling it off. I'm just worried I'm going to set my notes on fire with the light above me if it hits it just right. Is going to. Hey, that would make the person of flame. <laughs> that wouldn't make for good audio, though. You know, quality <laughs> content right there. Yeah, it's just that that sizzling sound, and I start screaming. Yeah, you're like, put the fire out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, thank you for letting me get that off my chest. I felt bad all week, and uh, the death threats didn't help. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so, so, all right. But anyway, so we are, of course, talking about dead and buried. Now. I love this thing, but I don't want to taint your your choice and how you proceed with this. But what did you think of the film? You said taint. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's those assless chaps. Yeah, all I it's in damn assless chaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So honestly, um, going into this, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't have many expectations above uh, what I read from the synopsis, where it's like. Um, a series of gory murders committed by the town people, the corpses begin to come back to life. So I'm thinking like night of the living dead, you know, zombies and shit. Um, but all in all, I was really impressed by this movie because, you know, after I watched it, I'm getting into it and the tension that it, it just hooks you in and it keeps you there. And so watching it, it reminded me of like a, Twilight Zone episode mashed in with Hitchcock and then some Lovecraft type deal. Uh, you know, it just had all of that for me. And by the end of the movie, with especially the amazing plot twist at the end, I was just like, holy shit. 
Cool. Good. Okay. So again, folks, we will be spoiling everything we talk about. So if you've not seen this, please go watch it first. I should have said that earlier. Yes. Go no, watch it go now it. Yeah. and then and yeah. then come back to the come back to this podcast. Yes. Okay. So um as you're saying that, I noticed so that's you read the IMDB. Uh, uh, not only that, but they also had a similar description on uh, Prime Video where I watched it. Okay, so that kind of makes me sad because, I, okay, I first caught this years ago, like as a kid on cable. I knew nothing about it. It just, I, I you know, I, I heard the Dead and Buried title, you know, so I'm like, I got to watch this. I stayed up late to watch it. And I was like, shook to my core. I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. I didn't know what it was about. Like, so I went into this thing totally blind. And I think that's the best way to watch this. Yeah, it is. Uh, oh, man. And I totally agree with what you said about like the Twilight Zone. And it also reminds me, I don't even know if you're going to know what I'm talking about, but like there were old comic books, like they were EC comics. It was like Vault of Horror and those kind of things. And they were very much like this, much like the Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone reminds me of almost like a TV version of the old comic books. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've never read those comics. I mean, like Tales from the Crypt came from the comic book, that kind of thing. And this has very much got that feel to it. I love like the creepiness of it. Yeah, um, it does. Just, and now that you mention it, like Tales from the Dark Side as well. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. I'm very happy that you liked it because I wasn't sure how you'd react to it because it's not necessarily like, like a, a monster creature. I mean, they yeah, are it's... once you figure out what's going on, but. You know, but I was I'm really happy you liked it because I love this movie so much. Yeah, it it relies very much so on that psychological horror. And then there's the supernatural aspect to it as well. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm so, so happy you like this. That makes me very happy. You have no idea how excited I am that you like this. That's well, you've got I mean, I've learned to trust your judgment. You've got good taste in movies. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to have you watch how Stella got her groove back. <laughs> I might have to pass on that one. Oh, I thought you trusted me. Uh, no, but I, I, I'm so happy you like this. Okay. So, um, I'll stop saying that and we'll move on. <laughs> um, so now the director of this is Gary Sherman. Yeah. Director I had never heard of, uh, but apparently they, uh, the creator of alien or is that right? Was this, okay. So the creator of alien I'm thinking is Ridley Scott. Okay, so let okay. Well, uh, can I let me let me do Gary Sherman? Is that okay, real quick? Yeah. And then I'm going to get into what you're talking about. Okay. So the whole reason I'm kind of excited to talk about Gary Sherman is because just last week we did Poltergeist, and Gary Sherman actually was the director of Poltergeist Three. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes, and he directed. Uh, we talked about this last week too. Um, the Poltergeist, the legacy, the TV show. He did one episode of that as well. Oh, okay. Yes. And um, he did a movie called, well, it's got two titles. One is Deathline and one's Raw Meat. It's from 1972. And then Donald Pleasance. Do you know who that actor is from Halloween? Yes, he's I do. Okay. So he's in this movie. It's uh, about a cannibal family that lives in the underground subway of uh, of like a, a a London subway. It's great. I highly recommend it to everybody in the world. <laughs> well, I'll have to check that one out. Then he also did Vice Squad um, with Wings Hauser and Nina Blackwood from MTV. Um, he's like a crazed pimp, 
basically. It's wonderful. It's so sleazy. I love it so much. Um, and then he also did one at Dead or Alive with Rutger Hauer. And you know how I feel about Rutger. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, what you are talking about, we could delve into that. Okay. So the movie itself was based on a book, a novel by Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough. Then it also had some um, writers involved with it, uh, Jeff Miller and Alex Stern. But then the screenplay writers were credited to Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusett. Now, Dan O'Bannon, we know from, like you said, Alien, he wrote that. He also wrote Phobia, and he also wrote Total Recall. Now, Dan O'Bannon was also attached, of course, to Return of the Living Dead and Life Force. Okay, yeah, that's where I remember hearing the name. Yes, and of course, your favorite Invaders of Mars, or Invaders (laughs) from Mars. And then he also did... Do you remember Screamers with Peter Weller from 95? I do. Okay, he, he he did that one too. He wrote that one too. But, okay, so he also, like I said, he he, he wrote this along with um, Ronald Shusett. And they actually wrote um, Alien Together and Phobia and Total Recall. They worked on those three together. But Dan O'Bannon claimed that once he saw it, none of his ideas were in, actually in the final product. And he wanted his name removed. But it was too late. Oh. So Dan O'Bannon basically disowned this film as far as he was concerned. He had nothing to do with, with it whatsoever. The final product. Okay. Yes. As far as the script. Um, and then what you were saying is correct. Dan O'Bannon actually worked on the script for alien. That's what I believe you're referring to, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Cause on the, on the little uh, flyer here, it says the creators of alien bring a new terror to earth. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Okay. And, then, and that is not a lie because actually Ronald Shusett also worked on Alien as well. So they, you know, they both worked on Alien. But Dan O'Bannon pretty much said, "I had nothing to do with the final product." So I, this is really not a, a Dan O'Bannon feature in any way whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, when I think of Alien, I just think of like Ridley Scott. You know, pretty much. Uh huh. Yes. Now he, I mean, he was the director and all that, but the actual script came from these gentlemen. And well, actually, Dan O'Bannon. Hmm. Um, yes, I think a lot of people had their, what, what they say, their fingers in the pie as far as the whole alien thing went. Because I think Dan O'Bannon's script was uh, worked on quite a bit as well, too, before you saw the final product of Alien. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Did that make any sense? Yeah. That, <laughs> okay. Because to me, like, I just see one name and I don't know, I don't think of anybody else who's involved in it. But of course, there's, you know, d- the director and then the script writer and the screenplay, you know, that kind of thing. So. Gotcha. Yes. So I hope I clarified that for you. Yeah. At all. Now, or anyone else <laughs> listening. Yes. Now, just really quick. Mr. Shusett also worked on The Final Terror. And I don't know if you would have seen that one because it's more of a slasher. It's one of the slashers in the woods kind of thing. Yeah, probably didn't see it. It doesn't ring a bell. Okay, I love that one because it's got Daryl Hannah, Rachel Ward, and Adrian Jmead in it basically before they kind of took off. Okay. And then he also did King Kong Kong Lives from 86, which is another fun, cheesy movie, which you may have seen that one because it's more of a creature feature. Yeah, I probably have seen that. Okay, all right. But anyway, that's I just want to give him his due. Now, I also think that we need to give like a huge like standing ovation to the 
uh, special makeup effects designs by Stan Winston in this thing. Oh yes. When I heard that Stan Winston had a hand in this and, and then I actually saw like in some of the scenes, the amazing work that was done. Oh yeah. Like what you think are people are actually puppets. It's puppetry. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but just real quick, Mr. Winston worked on the TV movie Gargoyles, which is from 72, which is amazing. And I wish I could find a copy to make you watch because it's really cool. Um, he did the bad people from 74, uh, Mansion of the Doomed with Lance Hendrickson from 76. He also worked on The Entity, which we talked about last week. Yeah. Uh, and I might have gotten the name wrong when I was talking about that. And I also, yeah, I do have to correct myself because maybe it wasn't the guy who was being assaulted by the alien not the alien, by the ghost. Maybe it was oh. the woman and the guy was just being held back by the spirit and saying, I can't move. But I don't see as a child, I don't really remember things exactly. Oh yeah, totally. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, look at all the years have gone through from like what you remember to what you remember now. Oh, right. totally. I totally get that. Yeah. All right. So I'll give up the hunt for the Tom Selleck. <laughs> Maybe. Movie. I mean, I'm still going to look for it and see like what the, if this was actually the entity or if it was titled something else. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then um, now he's done like a ton of things, Mr. Winston, um, but just he also worked on Edward Scissorhands, which I love because it's got Vincent Price in it. And it still makes me cry every time I watch it. Uh, he worked on Galaxy Quest, which have you seen that one? Oh, you know it. OK, I love Galaxy Quest. One of my so favorites. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. I love that one. By Thor's Hammer, you shall be avenged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and then um now i'm guessing that you have seen this one i'll be shocked if you have not but he worked on uh constantine from 2005 with kenu reeves oh yes i've seen that okay all right so that's mr winston and i just to me i would be doing a disservice to this film if you did not talk about uh his effects of this because that's part of the part of the pleasure of this movie yeah you did forget to put pumpkin head in though uh, he actually did not do the effects on that one. He left that to his effects team, but he did not himself work on the effects. Oh, really? I thought it was him who created the the pumpkin head thing. He directed it, but he wanted his crew to actually oh, work on. Yeah. Okay. Which imagine he was your boss, and he's like, "You're going to do the effects." Can you imagine the stress level that would put on you? <laughs> These people probably did not sleep. <laughs> no. But anyway, that's Mr. Winston. But yeah, I, Pumpkinhead is amazing. I love that movie so much. Um, anyway, okay, here we go. So should we get in the thick of things from uh, from Potter's Bluff? Oh, yeah. Let's just hop right in and take that ride. <laughs> yes. All right. So um, now I don't know how you felt about it, but I love the opening where it looks like an old photograph. And then it becomes the actual town. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really cool, especially... You know, once you know how things play out, it's really cool knowing that looking back on it. But I thought that was really cool. Um, so it's just a seaside town. It's a little small town. Um, and then uh, we get a uh, gentleman uh, who's actually he's a professional photographer. but He's from what? St. Louis, Missouri, where I'm from. Uh oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, props. Um, uh, Walt actually said he, he left St. Louis just not to get killed. And he ended up actually <laughs> meeting the same fate there. <laughs> um, but he's actually, you know, taking photographs along the beach. Um, and then out of nowhere, almost this barefoot blonde beauty pops up. Yeah. Bombshell. I put blonde bombshell and, uh, 
Yeah, very, yeah. very, uh, that's Lisa Blount, right? It is, okay. it is. Now, uh, just real quick, can I just go into, actually, she's one of the thespians in here who has most of the movies that I have seen are from her. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay, just real quick, she was in Cut and Run from 84 with Karen Black, and I love Karen Black. Um, that's like a uh, like a cannibal kind of, jungle cannibal kind of movie. Um, and then she did the What Waits Below, which is uh, about ab- albino cannibal dwellers. I saw that one. Um, that sounds did, an uh, awful lot like the remake of uh, The Descent, when there, you know, those spelunkers are in the cave and uh, they've got like these humanoid albino cannibal people. I'm going to say you're being kind. Okay, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say you're being very kind to What Waits Below. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- uh, think about the descent with like a third of the budget and not nearly as creative. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then and then now you're getting a picture of what waits below. <laughs> oh shit! So we're like, were these people painted white or something? Yeah, it was very very cheap, very 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 cheap, <laughs> very cheap. Uh, and then she did the uh, Annihilator. It was a TV movie from '86. Now. I hope you're sitting down and I hope you have a towel so you're not sticking because you're wearing those chaps. She was in Prince of Darkness. What? Yeah, she was Catherine Danforth. I'm going to have to rewatch Prince of Darkness now. Yep, yep. And then she was also in another Rucker Hauer movie. She was in Blind Fury from 89. Yeah, so that's that's, um, Lisa Blount. Blind Fury was awesome. I love that. Oh, wasn't it? Yeah, (laughs) I, I love that one. Yeah. Anyway, so she's our... So basically she's flirting with the photographer and she gives him the name Freddie and he gives her the name Lisa. Yeah. And you know what? When, when that whole thing was going on, I'm like, is this a married couple and are they role playing? Like, that's the first thing that came in. That's the first thing that came to mind. I was like, these two must know each other and they're doing like a little role play thing. Oh, I like that. See, I like that this is your first time because I've seen this so many times. I like that you're bringing the fresh eyes to this. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but it's not role play, is it? No, it's not. It's a, it's a booby trap. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, on all levels. It's a booby trap. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So she, she booby traps him. All right. Like she, you know, he's taking some glamour shots and then uh, Uh she opens her shirt to reveal boobies. Yeah. And Um, then I wrote down, uh, (laughs) Just like Admiral Akbar said in Star Wars, it's, it's a trap. A trap. <laughs> <laughs> it really yeah. was. Yeah. Cause like right after that, he gets uh, accosted. Yeah. Like the whole town is there with cameras. Yes. And they're taking photographs. He's wrapped up in some kind of a weird fishing net. Yeah. And he's doused in gasoline and then. Uh, this lady who looks like a secretary from like a Tim Burton film lights a match and sets him on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And so it does not go well for poor Freddie. And I'm using air quotes every time I say Freddie. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's not going well for him. No. Now I do remember the first time I saw this, I was like, what the hell? Like to me, it took a turn so quickly I was not expecting any of that after the whole flirting scene. No, I definitely was not expecting that. But <laughs> I like, knew that this oh. was a horror movie. So I was like, a booby trap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And then I like how it segues to the next scene because we, you know, he's on fire. Um, and then we see more fire, but it's actually 
his really cool VW van is on fire. Yeah, and uh, so it's made to look like an accident. Mm-hmm. Now, now, did you notice who the mechanic was at the scene of the crime? Oh, I did. And it was? It was Robert England. Mm-hmm. Good old Robert. Of course, who is, you know, Fred Krueger. Um, but just real quick, he was also in Eaten Alive, the one Toby Hooper film, which I love so much from 76. And spoiler alert, he's in Galaxy of Terror, which we'll be talking about next week. Ooh. He did an episode of my all-time favorite, Charlie's Angels. Um, and then well, the he was TV also show- in the adventures of Ford Fairley. Don't forget. He was. <laughs> yep. Yep. Who, you know, the beast uh, himself. <laughs> Andrew <laughs> dies. Satan's son. <laughs> Satan's son. Um, and then he, the Freddy T, uh, Freddy's Nightmare, the TV show. He was in 44 episodes of that from 88 to 90. Um, did you ever see? Uh, I think we talked about this. You saw the Wishmaster, right? From 97. Oh, yeah. Wishmaster films. Yep. Okay, and then did you ever see Strange Land? It's the one that Dee Snyder wrote. I did. Twi- yes. Okay, he was in that, and then uh, he was in Urban Legend, which I love from '98. Oh, was I remember Hatch- Urban Legend. I love that movie. I love that movie so much. Um, and he was also in Hatchet from 2006, which I also like. Hatchet. Uh, yeah. the, the Victor Crowley films. Exactly. You got it. Okay. Yeah. 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 But anyway, so so basically, what the. Uh, Oh, that's right. Ainsley's father in uh, yes. in Hatchet. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But so basically what the townsfolk have uh, kind of done is put him in the car to make it look like it was an accident and he burnt in the fire of the flipped over VW. Mm-hmm. Which I love this scene where the sheriff goes to touch his body. Yes, and it screams. Oh, it screams because he's not dead yet. <laughs> oh, my God. It's horrifying. <laughs> so they burned him alive and then put him oh. inside of a burning vehicle, and he is still alive and in pain. Yeah, so let's let's just real quick break that down. Your, your charred body had to have been handled multiple times. Can right. you imagine how bad that would have hurt Rob? Oh man. Like do you think that like they maybe they thought he was dead and uh because he wasn't moving but he he was in so much shock that his brain just shut everything down so he couldn't oh, handle yeah. it. Yeah, I I clearly think they thought he was dead. I don't yeah. I don't think they thought he was alive cuz that wouldn't have, you know, once we find out later on that wouldn't have really worked with their plan, I don't think. No. Because they need to be dead, yeah. They need to be dead. So, of course, our coroner finally shows up, and that's um, Mr. Dobbs, and he's played by Jack Albertson. Right. Those glasses make him look super creepy. I love Jack Albertson, though. So, um, really quick, he was in The Man of a Thousand Faces from 57, and that's the one where James Cagney is playing Lon Chaney. Lon Chaney, he was... um, a very prolific horror actor, well, actor, but he did a lot of horror films. He did The Wolfman, um, right? Yeah, a lot, well, Lon Chaney Jr. Oh, Lon um, Chaney Jr., okay. Yeah, he uh, he was famous. Well, he did um, uh, Phantom of the Opera. Uh, he may have, I wonder if he did play The Wolfman. He may have. I'm not correcting you on that one. He may actually have. Um, but yeah, he, he was very famous for his makeup effects. And that's why he was dubbed the Man of a Thousand Faces. Okay. Um, and then Mr. Albertson did actually two episodes of The Twilight Zone in 61 and 63. Now, I I would be shocked if you have not seen this. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I've seen it. 
He's Grandpa Joe. Really? Yeah. So now I have to so, watch that because when I was looking at the cast for this film, of course, um, Michael Curry. I think, no, wait, is it Michael Curry? Yeah, it has to be. Okay, Michael Curry and Robert England are probably the only two people that I am familiar with. Oh, that's fine. See, I love this too because I was really familiar with, um, well, Mr. Farentino, and then I, I totally knew um, the woman who plays his wife from Flash Gordon because she was Dale Arden. Hmm. See, I Did didn't watch see- Flash Gordon, so. Oh, you never saw the movie? No. Or wait, oh. yeah, I did, but it was so long ago that I don't remember much from it. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I was I was very excited <laughs> because Fat Mark got a hold of the Playgirl that Sam Jones did. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so excited to see Flash Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, so I, I knew her from as Dale Arden. But yeah. Um, now the other one, who are you talking about? Um, oh, I think I, no, I got it wrong. Um, okay. So who was the guy in the diner? Um, I see him in a lot of movies, but I'm not seeing him in a photograph here, which is very disturbing. Okay. So I'm not going to lie to you. I really only did like just a handful of people. Cause there's so many little bit parts that I didn't get into a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, there were. Of the two people that I recognize in the film, one being Robert England and the other one being this person that I've seen in a lot of TV shows as well as movies. So that's all I can say because I don't know his name. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. So, um, oh, anyway, I'm so real quick though. Um, also another Jack Albertson performance that I loved him in is, uh, he did the Poseidon adventure, which I love those like disaster movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, he did that one. He was Shelley Winter, and I love Shelley Winters too, but he was her husband uh, in that movie, and I loved The Poseidon Adventure. I would watch that anytime it came on TV. I loved it so much. <laughs> is, that, um, is Russell Crowe in that? Oh, now I'm talking about the super old one from like 72. He oh, may okay. have been in the Never remake. <laughs> I know there was a remake that had Fergie in it. Yeah, um, there was a remake, but I can't remember if Russell Crowe was in that or am I thinking of something else? Oh, honestly. that I... That I'm not sure of, but I know that uh, Fergie, I know, I remember Fergie okay. was in it. <laughs> Why, I don't know, but that one sticks out in my mind that Fergie <laughs> was in that one. Um, okay, so um, so that's him, uh, and he shows up. And I, I love that he listens to the real old music. Uh, I think that's kind of cool that they gave this character that little quirk. It makes him uh, more creepy when he listens it to does. it. It does. Oh, yeah, it does, it does, it does. Exactly. Well... And then again, it makes you wonder just how old he actually is. Yeah, and but he's such a weirdo because he's talking about how beautiful the he makes the dead bodies look and how it's a shame that he has to put them in a casket and close it and put them in the earth and, you know, this and that. Right, yeah, yeah. And then, um, so he's, he's, you know, come to look at the body and we, fi- we figure out, which I find this very interesting too, I guess because the town's so small, but he's the actual mortician and coroner. He he plays both uh, both parts in the in the village. Yeah, and he's got an assistant, Jimmy. Yeah, but we'll we'll get to Jimmy in a second. But yeah, so um, the the sheriff who's who's James Farentino, uh, he did like an episode, or two episodes of the Night Gallery, which I love. But he was also in the Possessed. It was a uh, 
a, a TV movie from 77 when they're trying to cash in on the exorcist. Okay. Hoopla. Yeah. But anyway. Um, and so. He he's trying to decide, you know. Is this an accident or, you know, what's going on? He's still not quite sure. But then the uh, next day is when we actually meet more of the townsfolk in the little cafe. Yeah. And now, am I correct in the in the assumption that like right after, you know, he gets uh, he sees like the burn victim and stuff and pulls the guy out of the car um, and then they you know, we get this that little thing. Do we go to the next scene where another another person is murdered? Pretty much. But the thing about this one real quick is that's where we get the waitress who, just like you were saying before, the one that she's actually the one that lit the gentleman on fire, Freddie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's the one who lit him on fire. But now we realize that she is the waitress in the in the cafe. Right. And everybody we saw that killed the guy with the fishing net is in the diner. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you you kind of start figuring out, wait a minute, this town's in on this whole like weird yeah. murder and I was, thing that got going on. I was drawing all kinds of conclusions like alien body snatchers and fucking, you know, taking over the world, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. It's 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 pretty bonkers. Yeah, I agree. And then this is where we get to the the second murder that you were talking about with the uh, inebriated man. Yeah. Um, and was he part of the town or was he just kind of a, a transient or something? And no, because later they mentioned that his uh, he was like traveling. He was he was a like a fisherman basically who was traveling through. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because later on they talk about like his body too. It'll come up in my notes, but yeah, they kind of mention like I think it like. Uh, Oh, I don't want to speak out of turn, but they mentioned like, I, I think his company um, wanted his body back or something. Anyway, it'll come up. I'll, oh, I thought I'll they were, more. I thought they were talking about the photographer they were looking for. Yes, um, that comes up too. Okay. Like when we get there. Uh, yeah. Cause I don't exactly know where it is, but yeah, he's not part of the actual town, ah, gotcha. which I thought he would be being like, I don't know why, but I, I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, you don't just show up somewhere and just get, <laughs> plastered right there no he really <laughs> but he was like way gone yeah um, i thought he was the town drunk for real right yeah exactly that's what i thought but yeah and he gets attacked with like those big hooks like uh like they used in the fog you know i couldn't really tell because it was the lighting was so dark i didn't know what i was seeing it it kind of looked like somebody had a leather strap and they pulled it you know like a garrote or something oh gotcha and i i I believe it was they punched through and they actually had two meat, not meat. Well, I guess meat hooks, but they're probably meant for more fishing, I guess. But like, yeah, and they punctured his neck. Oh, OK. Um, gotcha. I got I got Blue Underground put out a 4K of this thing and it looks amazing. Yes. Yeah. See, I, I probably watched just like the SD version and it nothing. It, everything was very dark. And so it's like, wow, I can't really make out what's going on sometimes. Yeah, no, it's. It's definitely one of those movies. I think the better quality you can see it, the more you'll get out of it. Because like I remember, like when I caught it on cable, it was a very dark film. Like it wasn't cleaned up real super good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then this is this is where we talk about. We meet Jimmy, <laughs> who works with the mortician. Yeah, and the mortician. He's telling the sheriff that, uh, "Are you here about the 
the big stash of weed or something like that. Right. Yeah. But he doesn't realize that the, uh, because Jimmy's like the sheriff is here, but the sheriff is actually like right behind Jimmy. And yeah. so the sh- <laughs> the mortician is going all up about Jimmy. But anyway, um, but this is where like you get a real insight into the working of Dobbs' mind because he's actually working on an elderly woman, and he's saying how he makes her, you know, makes her want to look nice. And like the the sheriff makes some comment about like the makeup he's using, and he was saying she was a, a retired teacher, not a streetwalker. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, and. uh and then this is where he also poses the question, you know, to to Dobbs, the sheriff asked, you know, did he was he possibly burnt somewhere else and then placed in the car? Um, and then we get Betty, we, our first introduction to Betty, who's like the, the the phone operator at the police station. Oh, isn't she fucking hilarious? She is so funny. Yeah, she's quite the little fun character. Um, uh but then that's also we get the next scene where they're at the boatyard and they, you know, the sheriff is looking at the body and Dobbs pops up and he's like, well, that's certainly not an accident. <laughs> <laughs> and then so basically, you know, the, the sheriff, he's like, OK, now I've got two dead men. There's something up. So he heads back to Ben, who's the the proprietor of the hotel in the town. Um, and he's asking, you know, like, did anyone like, you know check in and maybe like not check out you know do you know anyone like that is ben the nervous guy that uh talks to the sheriff a lot about things that he sees yes okay yeah and so he's like you know what he's like as a matter of fact um a guy did check in um but i don't know his name or anything but he's also like wait a minute just ask your wife because uh, she knows him right right okay yeah, and he's like, oh, the maid The maid says that your wife popped over to talk to him. And the sheriff's like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting. Once we know how the whole thing wraps up, mm-hmm. how these people are interacting with each other, I think. That too, yes. Because it does mess with your head, like the way they're weaving in and out of the storyline. And uh, I love the twist that it has because you're thinking one way and then it takes it in a completely different direction. It, yeah, it's just very odd. It's, I don't know. It's very interesting. Uh, so he, you know, so he has back home and he listens to this big, giant, beautiful Queen Anne house with Janet, his, his uh, wife. That house is was, amazing. Isn't it? I love it. It's yeah. beautiful. Who, again, the actress is Melody Anderson. And the only thing I really know her from is she was Dale Arden in um, Flash Gordon from 1980. Shut up, um, Janet. Shut, shut up, <laughs> Janet. Yeah. Um, and she like leans in for a kiss, but he won't like give her that kiss. You know, and he's like, who's the hotel guy? <laughs> and, and she's like being very aloof. And she's like, oh, George, what's his name? And uh, she's like, oh, he, he just he just showed up to sell some equipment to school. Oh, um, yeah. Some photo, some photography equipment. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, oh, are you a little bit jealous? And he's like, maybe a little bit. Um, but I'm like, well, he's a corpse now, so you don't have to really worry about sheriff yeah. Dan. But didn't the, um, didn't the interactions between the sheriff and his wife remind you of like a lot of shut up Susan moments? <laughs> yes, but again, darn it, Rob. Knowing what we know, once you go back and watch it, it explains why she's so almost aloof 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like her reactions. I know what I you mean, because it's like when you first see it, you're just thinking like she's, um, you know, not all there, kind of a dummy. Yeah, exactly. Or are you just like blowing him off to like make him? Are you gaslighting him? Yeah. Or, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, it's really interesting. I think it's very interesting. And then um, we get the 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 scene where like he runs into the principal, Mr. Haskell, and he starts asking him about George, you know, because obviously if she's buying stuff for the school, the principal's going to know about the purchase. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what you know? do you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, then we get to see actually. uh the gentleman who they still don't know who he is, but so technically he's Freddie. He's all bandaged up in the hospital. Yeah. And didn't they say that one, of like the eye that was working, I mean, sorry, the eye that didn't get burnt was completely blind. Or like, am I taking something out of context here? I don't remember that. I remember him saying he didn't have lips. (laughs) Yeah. That part. Yeah. He didn't have lips, but he said something about like, One eye is completely gone and the eye that look the side of the face that looks good, like there's uh there's some damage to the eye, or that's what I thought I heard anyway. But apparently that's not the case. I'm almost gonna say no because of the interaction that happens in just a little bit. Right. The the deadly okay. nurse, yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, actually the sheriff is there wanting to talk to him because he's finally come out of the coma and like the man's bandaged like all over the place he's got like one eye like you said <laughs> one eye's out everything like he's basically head to toe bandaged as you would expect um but the sheriff is like you know called out to the hallway by the doctor he's like let's talk out here and i love the way it's set up because we're kind of focused on the interaction with the sheriff and the doctor but if you watch the blonde who actually was involved in the booby trapping yep She's she's a nurse now and she walks into the room. And oh my goodness, did she remind me of the nurse from Kill Bill, the the blonde lady with the eye oh, patch. Oh, Daryl Hannah. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I love Daryl Hannah. Um, but that syringe that she has. Oh <laughs> shit, that needle was so huge. It's the longest syringe known to man. <laughs> <laughs> That's excessive. That's like using a bazooka to kill a fruit fly. Exactly. And I love how she's like, Hello, Freddie. <laughs> and his and his one good eye gets gigantic. So that's yes. why I think he can see. <laughs> and that's why I thought I was like, did I hear right? Like if his eyes not working, you know, he can recognize the voice. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. He looked, he looked terrified. Yeah. Yeah. He looked terrified. Um, so then that's when um, we see next that the uh, they've figured out that it's his name. His real name is George Lemoy. And by his headstone. Yeah, and, was uh, that a wooden headstone? By yeah, the way? it okay. looked wood. But I'm guessing probably it was the cheapest way to go because they're not going to chuck out the money for a nice headstone. You know what I mean? Like the town's not going to eat the cost of that. Oh, hell no. No, usually they just burn the bodies or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> in hindsight, <laughs> it'd be an easy chore, I guess. Um and then this is where Dobbs comes up and he's like, I'm really disappointed because you couldn't find his identity and get the family to request an open casket. So I couldn't do my like, you know, my best work on him and make him look great. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you're a creep. 
Oh man, yeah. He 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 just loves the like reconstructing the dead. Uh, yeah, he's like really into that. He takes this job very seriously, and, and he takes pride in his work. <laughs> and then this is where we. Get, I love uh, some of the stuff that that Janet wears. It's that night scene where she comes in. She's got that like cape lid on, and it's raining, and she's got all her packages. Uh, let me see. I, so let me, I'll keep going. Okay. So, yeah. I don't remember that part. So Dan's already home and she's like, Oh, I've got a PTA meeting and, and she's got all the stuff she's got to do. Um, and she's like, but I've got this film that I need you to drop off at Ernie's. It's a student film about narrative and the kids are going to need it back for their project. Um, and she gives sheriff a pep talk about catching the murderer. And then, um, Okay, see, now I remember. Yep. And then Dan's kind of looking at the canister and you just see him like, well, I wonder what this is about. But he doesn't yeah. really go into anything more about it. It's just that little setup that she's got film and she needs it developed. Yeah, it's like it's once again, it's that foreshadowing. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, very interesting. Like film is very integral to this movie. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of flashbulbs were used in the making of this film. <laughs> a lot of flashbulbs. Yeah. Um and now, now we get our night scene with the the foggy evening and the family of three are in their station wagon. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was like, these guys are dead, but they wouldn't really kill a kid, would they? Oh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so dad, I don't believe they ever actually mentioned the mom's name, but the dad is Ron and he stops in the cafe with everybody, which you're like, OK, you're you're toast. If you're going in that cafe, let him know you're in town. You're yeah, don't let him ask. Know. <laughs> no, no. So um, he goes in there to ask for directions. And the, the mom keeps saying that, you know, don't forget to ask about gas. And then he forgets to ask about gas. Well, yeah. Uh, so they're looking for the Seaview Lodge. And then mom comes in with Jamie and the, you know, creepy uh, arson waitress <laughs> that we know from before. She's like, oh, do you do you know where the bath or, you know, she's like, do you need the bathroom? And well, it turns out he just wants ice cream, but they don't have any ice cream, <laughs> uh, but they do need gas. And so the waitress is like, Freddie, can you take him down to the gas station? And Freddie turns around. And it's our and, photographer. Mm-hmm, yes, it's our Bert to a crisp photographer looking just like he did before. He's perfect looking now. Fresh new face. Fresh new face. Now, that actor is actually Christopher Alport. Um. And he was in Savage Weekend from 79, which is a, it's a slasher. I love that one. Uh, he was Captain Curtis in Invaders from Mars from 86. Really? Yep. Huh. He did. He did one episode of the X-Files from 94. And he was the Sam Tiller and Jack Frost and Jack Frost Two: Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. <laughs> it all comes back to Jack Frost. I'm telling Doesn't you. Doesn't it? I just wanted to get that out there. So, but yeah, so he looks just the same. So now we're all like, what the what? <laughs> um, so uh, they basically, you know, they they decide to follow him back in their car, which all of a sudden they're driving, but I don't see his car anywhere. He's just like gone. Yeah. Where the hell did he go? I don't know. So they're driving and then all of a sudden someone runs out in front of their car and they swerve to miss it. And the mom's like, well, there's a light up ahead. Let's just go up there because, you know, in the whole like little avoidance to hit someone, Jamie bumped his head because God forbid they wear a seatbelt in that giant station wagon. Right. And he's on my head, mommy. Right. Right. (laughs) And so as they walk up the steps, Walt's like, don't go in the house. (laughs) Don't go in in that creepy house where the light turned on. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. So, of course, they knock and the door just kind of opens. And then, so, of course, Walt's still like, don't go in the house now <laughs> by all means. But they go in and there's no lights, of course. And I love how once they're in, you can see the shadows of people outside the house. Yeah, like the, you could see them creeping around on the outside. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And it's clearly an abandoned house. There's like cobwebs all over everything. Yeah, there's dust, layers upon layers, layers of, of dust. dust. Yeah, dust. Yeah, but she's bound and determined to get him some ice for his head. Yes, and you know what? I thought she was going to stick the kid in the fridge. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I was like, she's not going to put that little boy in the refrigerator, is she? <laughs> well, but okay, there's clearly not going to be ice because no one's lived in that thing for like centuries, right? But then she sends the dad downstairs to check on the fuses. Uh, the whole thing was like, just they were idiots. <laughs> yeah. And like stupid people doing stupid people things. Yeah. Begging to be murdered. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, then like we get that. Well, we get two jump scares. We get the one where the piano, but then we get Ron coming up from behind her to give her the jump scare. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the first and second jump scare of the movie, I think. Well, I also count like when they go to touch the burnt guy and he screams, I count that as a jump scare as well. I don't know about you, but that that was horrifying to me. Okay, no, that really didn't register to me. Like the the piano oh, thing God. was definitely a jump scare. <laughs> no, when that head opened up and screamed, I was like, ah! <laughs> I was kind of expecting it. I was like, what if he uh, is a zombie now and he's like screaming? Like oh. that that's the only thing I was thinking of. <laughs> I remember being unprepared for that. It gets me every time. <laughs> and this is, of course, where you get the infamous, someone says, welcome to Potter's Bluff. And all of a sudden, the townsfolk oh, are yes. everywhere and, inside that house. And they're like photographing the flashbulbs yep. are going off like crazy in the white. Ah, what's going yep. on? Exactly. And they, they retreat to the car. And of course, it won't start at first. And then we get the lady that like grabs Jamie from behind inside the station wagon. Yeah. Kidnapping kidnapping and then the dad pulls her scalp off yeah see another part that i couldn't actually appreciate because it was so dark i could not see what was going on oh gotcha gotcha yeah gotcha and then uh so they're fleeing the town and the the lady with the scalp removed somehow gets on top of the hood of the car yeah she got to the front of the car i saw got that. to the front yeah and then they go flying past the sheriff at like a bazillion miles an hour and he like slams on his brake but he hits somebody Yes. In the interim. And uh, that car is gone, but the sheriff goes out to investigate and there is a moving arm. <laughs> On the grill of his car. <laughs> and then the sheriff gets knocked out from behind by the owner of that arm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he believes that the, the uh, culprit has taken off into the. Uh, basically, like it's almost like a like a like a barn area, kind of. Oh, yes, yes. I couldn't tell what that, again, the movie is so dark for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, it did look like a barn with like a lot of uh, old equipment in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I guess just, I want to say this before we get too far, before we get out of the scene. Um, so with Jamie, the child labor laws prevented them from shooting at night. So they actually had to drape like tenting over the house and the car to make it look like night. Wow. But it got so hot, they had to have fans running. And it messed with the sound. So if you actually go back and watch it, there are times when the mom's 
saying stuff, but her mouth isn't even moving because they had to like sync the sound and it didn't quite match up. Oh shit. I'm going to have to go check that out. Yeah. But anyway, I just want to throw that in there. Okay. Anyway. So now like dance, like of course, like chasing after this person, which sheriff or not, I wouldn't be doing this in the dark. It can wait. <laughs> right. Wait till daylight because especially in the eighties, man, it's dark. As yes, shit. exactly. So he's got his little flashlight and gun drawn <laughs> and this is, he's inside the, the barn or whatever it is. And that's when we get the chicken jump scare where the yes. bird slaps past him. And that was a uh, jump scare number three for me. Yeah. Four for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I don't know if you picked up on this, but I love like the music in this. It's got the ominous music score. Oh yeah. And that's where I kind of got that feeling of uh Hitchcock mystery suspense type thing. Yeah. And I also loved like hearkening back to Carpenter's the fog. Like it had like the, like the horns blowing it back, like the the boat horns. I didn't hear those. Oh, I, every now and then they'd like blow and I'm like, oh, that's so creepy. It's probably because you got the 4K. You got that whole uh, smellorama surround sound, everything going on. Yeah, exactly. No, it's pretty, go- pretty cool. Pretty darn cool. Uh, so he just gives up because clearly whoever he was after is not there to be found. Uh, now we're back home at the at the big old beautiful Queen Anne and Janet's hard at work polishing her silverware. <laughs> Is that something that people did? Oh yeah, I actually have a, uh, I have one spoon <laughs> <laughs> that I have to polish sometimes. You got to polish that spoon. Yep, exactly. My friend got it for me. It says "What the fuck?" It's <laughs> on the on the spoon part. It says "What the fuck?" So I polish that and use it for my tea. <laughs> oh shit! Nice. But anyway, Dan's home looking for his missing shells. Yeah. And she said something about the beach. And he's yeah, like, and he's like yeah. gun, Susan, my gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love how he discovers the book on witchcraft and voodooism. And that's what made me think she was the master. And then he also finds that sacrificial dagger. Yes. <laughs> Which I'm like, are you really just going to leave these laying around? Right. See, it was at that point I was like. She's the like she's got a book on voodoo. She's the one who's, uh, you know, creating these dead bodies and making them do her bidding. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and she's also asking for the film to be developed. And we know these guys are all gung ho on taking pictures of the dead people. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then I love how uh, he confronts her. and She's like, oh, it's a class project. It's going to keep him interested in my my lessons. <laughs> <laughs> witchcraft and voodoo and it, it's funny that the book said voodooism because i have never yeah. heard of that term voodooism well that's what why he's like that's a really hard thing to say voodooism it just doesn't roll off your tongue yeah yeah but anyway uh he she's uh asked about the film he's like i've been under a lot of pressure and she's like well i found your bullets they were in the cabinet and she's got some damn she's got a damn good arm she chucked the bullets right to him Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we get to the camera shop the next day and he, he uh, drops off the film and he's like, I only I could pick this up. No, yeah, one don't else let anybody this see this. Yeah. yeah just me. Um, and then. Uh, and uh, is that. um OK, the guy he drops the film off to, we see his hand and it's all uh, like wretched I, looking. I don't think. That's now, I think that's when he picks it up. Oh, okay. So yeah, I jumped But you're ahead right. A bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is where we're, um, uh, the phone call reveals that uh, um, 
Dob wants the county to to look into doing an open uh, casket for the fisherman's burial, and he and the Dobbs actually believes that the sheriff's theory is right about the uh, uh, the other gentleman being placed in the car. Yeah, yeah. And then this is where we get uh, Hank Harry Harry Harry, who's actually Robert England. Uh, he finds, and again, air quotes, finds the station wagon. It went off the bluff. Uh, and he's playing with the kids toy airplane. So we know that the family did not make it out of Potter's Bluff. Yeah. Cause we never hear any mention of the family after that. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then uh, <laughs> we see Dan uh, has the scraping off the grill and he brings it to the doctor to see if it's. Um... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. He's got the, he's, he's scraping the stuff off the grill to see if it's human. And then this is where Ben arrives the, ho- the, the hotel owner screaming that his dead tenant is now pumping gas oh, at the right, gas station. Right. Yeah. And he yeah. says, and then uh, like he leads it, he caps it all off with ask your wife. She knows. Yes, yeah, exactly. Ask your wife. So then Dan heads over to the school and we see that Jan is giving her a lesson on voodoo and she's talking about zombies mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, exactly. And then she's talking about the non-substantiate reports from Peru about the walking dead who are killed for their master's bidding yeah, and he, cuts out, and he cuts out their hearts and hides it from them to control them. Yes. Hey. And I was like, she's the master. She's got to be the master. <laughs> and I'm like, what school board would be okay with this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I love this scene, the way it plays out. So he's got her in the car and they're going to get gas. And she's like, well, we don't need gas. I just filled it up. And Freddie's there and he leans in and asks him a question. He's cleaning the window and she doesn't even pay him a lick of a lick of attention. So Mm -mm. she's like clueless to the man who she apparently knows, but doesn't even pay attention to him. Right. And I was I was expecting him like maybe he was trying to do a setup where he's like, let's see if my wife really knows uh, this person. Oh, yeah, that's totally what he was doing. I thought that was really clever. I like, yeah, you, you go, Sheriff Dan, <laughs> and your smoldering good looks. Yeah, exactly. And she just, nope, I'm not even. Yeah. Which then you're like, OK, is she just. Is she in the know and she's that good or does she really not remember him or what about Fred? You know what I mean? It's just like, how's this going down? Yeah. You don't, you know, you know, assuming you don't know where this is going yet. And then we get our hitchhiker. Oh, the hottest hitchhiker I have ever seen. Well, what's weird is she's her name is Lisa Marie, but she's not Lisa Marie Presley. And she's not uh, the actress, Lisa Marie, who was involved with. Tim Burton for a while. She's just a different Lisa Marie. I thought it was uh, Lisa Marie Presley, actually. Yep, it's not her. It's just Lisa Marie. Wow. Yep. But, no. But anyway, it's raining and the truck pulls up. And <laughs> who would get in a, a truck with a man who is a self-proclaimed dirty old man? Yeah, right. But <laughs> and her name was Chance, I think. I wrote down Chance the Hitchhiker. Oh, was it really? I think so. She's like, I'm Chance. Um, Blah, 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 this and that. And then I was like, Chance the Hitchhiker. She's taking a chance, all right. Oh, yeah. On, on IMDb, she's just listed as the Hitchhiker. They don't give her a name. Oh, okay. Maybe, I don't know. I, I'll have to see the movie again because my mind, you know, fills in the blanks sometimes. Wait a minute. Is that where she was going? Where was she going? Just someplace called Chance, I wonder. 
No, I. she didn't know where she was going because he oh, asked her. He okay. says, where are you headed? She says, anywhere. Oh, oh, I wonder if she said she was going to take a chance with him. Oh, maybe. And I. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, okay, it could gotcha, be that. Gotcha. My brain was just filling in the blank spaces. Gotcha. Gotcha. But anyway, yeah. So she gets in the car and he's like, um, he's like, he lives on a boat and he's just got to get something out of the glove box. So he kind of pulls up to where his boat is, reaches in and pulls out a camera. Yeah. And did you notice that things got a little creepy when he was like, we're here and it's like a graveyard full of boats? Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, I never hitchhike people. That's all I can say. No, never, there's so many horror movies about that. Never hitchhike. So of course the door opens and she falls backward and then she's like surrounded by townies. It's covered in mud. <laughs> covered in mud. And you see one of them just lift up this giant big ass rock. Oh, that crunching sound. And that is the end of our dear hitchhiker. Yep, exactly. And then we got the sheriff viewing her uh, covered body. And she got smushed, man. Oh, man, it was awful. Yeah. And then Dobbs is there admiring her distorted face. <laughs> In creepy fashion. Exactly. Now, so like, like the practical visual effects for this of him like rebuilding, resculpting the oh, face and everything. Yeah. I, I think that was one of my favorite parts because he actually he stripped all the skin down to the muscle tissue. And then you could see like everything being rebuilt from the ground up almost. So the actual hands that you see in that scene are Stan Winston's. Really? Okay. Yep. Yep. So he actually well, which would make sense because like it was actually him performing it all. But I thought that was pretty cool that they that that's Stan Winston's hands doing all that. Yeah. Um but like Dobbs, he's like, uh, he's like saying another masterpiece, com uh, complete it beautiful. Yeah. He said, I'll he, make you even more beautiful than you were when you were alive. Yeah. Yep. He's like, now you can sleep peacefully. And he turns out the lights and leaves. Yeah. And then we, uh, somebody who we don't know. And I was assuming it was the wife, Janet, uh, -huh, uh walks into gloves. the room. Yes. Touches, yeah. touches the girl's hair or head or something. And then the dead rise. Exactly. Exactly. And then so now we're with the doctor and he's uh, the sheriff's given him those bits of flesh. And he's like, the flesh that you've given me are three months old. He's like, when did this hit and run happen? And the sheriff's is like, you got to be wrong about this because the sheriff knows when it happened. He's mm -hmm. like, that's not three or four months old. You know? Yeah. He's like, I hit that guy a couple nights ago. Exactly. So um, the, the uh, so the sheriff heads off in the docks alone now. and. Um, He's looking at his little microscope and he puts that acid on the slide. Yeah. And see right there, I was like, I bet the doc's in on this. But then in the next scene, we find out that the doc was not in on it. Yeah. He's like, it can't be. And then there's a phone call from, he makes a phone call to Betty. He's like, I need to talk to Dan right now. And then he's attacked from behind. Oh. And then nurse, nurse Lisa's got these two like tube things. She sticks up his nose. And he says, don't do that. That's uh, sulfuric acid or something, yeah, right? don't do that. It's acid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then so she just like injects him and up the nostrils with this acid. Oh, and there's, man. And there's Jimmy, the, the mortician's assistant, taking photos. Yeah, melted face. Yeah. Now, I am not a special effects person at all, okay? And the movie has been amazing. But this one, I thought was not on par with everything else. No, that wasn't. That looked um, very rubbery. It, it just didn't look, it didn't look up to par with the rest of the stuff that's currently yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm not taking down any points or anything. I'm just noting that it it was not up to par with everything else. Yeah, maybe yeah. that scene had to be hastily shot for some reason or another. I, yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know. See, if he was a real dedicated actor, he, he would have gone all the way. <laughs> he would have taken acid to the face. <laughs> right. <laughs> he would have done what he needed to do to make it work. That's full method right there. <laughs> exactly. Um, so now we get Dobbs coming over to the sheriff department to report that the body has been stolen from the morgue because the hitchhiker's just gone. Yeah, somebody stole his masterpiece. Exactly, exactly. And then- the sheriff's like freaking out and he's like, we got to, we got to let people know. And the Dobbs is like, no, you can't because it's my reputation on the line. No one's going to come to me if they know that I've lost a corpse. Like right. it's going to ruin, it's going to ruin what people think about me around here. And see, that's and then, where it messed with my head because I'll tell you from this time, you know, from since the movie started until, you know, a little bit past that point, I was thinking like the mortician is just really weird, but he's completely innocent. Um, and it's like everybody else who's fucked up and in on it. Well, and then he's like, well, maybe Jimmy moved her. And I'm like, wouldn't you have asked Jimmy before you ran over with this information? Right, right. <laughs> that was been the first thing I would have asked. Well, oh, man. Yeah. Well, then he drops this like bomb that, you know, he's like, well, there's th this is Dobbs. He's like, well, there's been three murders and your wife is acting strangely. Yeah, and then, and the then like that is what? one of the things that cemented it into my mind that the wife was the master, but mastermind behind all this. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, you don't even know my wife." He's like, "Well, yes, yeah, she visits me all the time, and I don't really appreciate her insinuating that I know stuff about dark arts because right. I'm a mortician." Oh, yeah. oh, well played, sir. Well played. Yeah, exactly. And then this is where we get um, Betty interrupting things so like you know dob books it out of there to go i guess ask jimmy about the body um and then she's saying that um that the uh city st louis is called and they want the body transported back so they want um freddie the gas station guy you know who's actually george they mm -hmm. want the body back to the city so they're gonna have to dig him up yeah they gotta exhume um, the body exactly and then this is where uh he also mentions that he needs the film picked up, which I don't understand that because he was supposed to be the one to pick it up. But anyways, I don't know. Yeah. And is this uh, also the time where he, you know, before he goes to pick up the film, he asks uh, his assistant to look up, to look up some history on Dobbs. We're getting there. Okay. Because before this, he has back to the funeral home to tell them about digging up the body. Oh, right, right. Okay. Okay, and then what happens? You remember? Um, it involves you, you, it involves it involves Jimmy. Um. Oh, he walks in, and Jimmy is uh, uh painting his arm. Or exactly. Something. Yes, he's and, applying that uh, mortician's makeup to his arm. Yeah, and so I'm thinking Jimmy was the one who got hit by the car. Me too. You and me both. Exactly. 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 So now we're outside in the cemetery, and there's the the. I guess he works. Well, he does. He clearly works for Mr. Dobbs. He's like the, uh, what do you call it? Grave digger. Yeah, he's basically. a grave digger. And you could tell he doesn't really want to dig up the grave, you know, so he's like kind of like pensively touching the ground and the sheriff's is like, you know, where's Dobbs? And he's like, I haven't seen him today. And then, you know, Sam's like, you got to dig up the ground. The guy's like, no, I can't dig it up because Mr. Dobbs hasn't given me the okay. And he's like, no, you need to dig this up. 
Yeah, because I'm the sheriff. You dig it up right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so he goes back in to look for Dobbs. And as he leaves, we see the little like, like the mortician's like file unit kind of drawer like slides open. Oh, yes. Dobbs sits up out of it. <laughs> he did like that. Like he was the undertaker rising. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then um, he heads back outside with the uh, with the grave digger. I feel bad if there's another term for this person. I don't mean to be derogatory for all my people out there who, who performs that service for the deceased. But anyway, um, he heads back out there and they and they they get the casket and the guy's still not going to open it. And he's like, well, clearly it's too light. There's not a body in this. We're going to open it. Yeah. So he opens it up to reveal like a sweater wrapped around a heart. Yep. And at first I was like, Oh, there's gotta be a heart in there. And then like, after they pulled off the first layer, I was like, Oh, no heart. Maybe they just folded the clothes up to look. And then there was the heart. I was like, Oh, okay. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Now my question was though, was that his sweater? Yeah, was that uh, Freddy's sweater or whatever the guy's name is? Because wouldn't it have been Bert to like toast? Or did they take his clothes? No, they couldn't have taken his clothes off. Because he was in the netting. Right. <clears throat> okay, anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's just another thing where this movie throws curveballs at you. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, anyway. Um, so we see the sheriff fly by the gas station real quick and just take a photo of Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. And Freddie's Freddie's not even registering that, you know? No, not at all. Which I thought was pretty cool because it's like they're taking that camera thing and flipping it on him. Yeah. So he gets back to the office and he tells Betty that she needs to tell ex uh, Rhode Island and check on Dobbs because that's where he came from. Right. Okay. Then, what is Telex anyway? Uh I it's like a service. It's like a like almost like a fax. Uh, so you, you, you could text, uh, not, it's like a text, almost like a text and a fax together. So you can type them. Um, and they would, it really is like a fax, Rob. Okay. Well, cause I had never heard of that term. Yeah. Like, and it was like between like, um, well, in this case it would be like between, uh, like different police, uh, jurisdictions and things like that, or basically any way you need to transfer like official information. Hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So that's what it was. She was, yeah, she was, uh, she was telexing the, all these different things to get information for him or receive information about things. Um, and then she also wants to send the photos of Freddie to St. Louis for confirmation on, is this Freddie or not? You know? Um, right. So this, where you were talking about earlier, is when he goes to the camera shop to pick up uh, the film from Ernie. Okay. Now, now we're at that point. Mm-hmm. And then like you mentioned, we see the little scene where Ernie's hand, he's got in his pocket and he pulls it back out and it's, there's, it's funky. It's like all like almost corroding. It's like dry and cracked and just like really rotted looking. Exactly. He definitely needs Jenkins hand lotion <laughs> in a really bad way. He doesn't use Jergens appropriately. No, he does not. <laughs> um, and then this is where we also get the sheriff heading out and he bumps into the doctor. Oh, right, right. And then uh, he he starts to get really aggressive with the doctor. Yeah, because he's like, can people be reanimated after death? And the doc's like, you know, 
that 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 doesn't happen, you know. And and he's like, you know, what about the guy on the grill? And he's like, you know, you know, maybe Norman scra- scraped his arm on on the uh, grill of the car while he was working on it. But that, you know, that's where that came from. It's not like you know the deceased are up walking around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then th- now we get back at the station, and this is where you're talking about the telex about Dobbs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, you can tell that. Uh, Sheriff Dan is clearly on the precipice of losing his mind because there's just like so much shit going on. Oh yeah. And it's all like hitting at once. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Betty's like, you know, got all this information that like Dobbs was, uh, you know, in, in uh, October of 96, he was dismissed for unauthorized use of dead bodies. He was ejected by the medical society. Um, and then that uh, Dobbs left shortly after all that happened and came to Potter's bluff. Mm-hmm. So now we're back to the sheriff's house. There's no Janet to be found, but he goes into the closet because now he's got the film canister. Yeah. And he, did he not notice the gigantic, um, uh, light flashing light thingies? Nope. But we did, didn't we? Yeah, we did. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because he was busy pulling out that big projector and getting things set up. Right. He's going to get to the bottom of this. Yep. So we are treated to the students, and I'm using air quotes, folks, film of an old house. It's like a POV shot of an old house. Now, is that and the same house where the uh, the family got murdered? Or not murdered, but the family was... No, I know what you're talking about. Okay. You know what? I didn't even think about that until you just said that. I wonder. Yeah, because it kind of looked like it, except in daylight. It, it would make sense, too, because... That one looked abandoned as well, didn't you think? Oh, definitely. Yeah. It was all dilapidated and it just, it didn't look like it had been lived in. That would make sense. Don't you think? Cause yeah. I, I mean, cause they actually kind of like drove the, not drove like, um, in a car, but like they drove like by force, they like kind of forced the family there to that house. Yeah. And like then shine the light to make it look like, oh, yeah. we better go in here. You know, we can get some relief. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, I bet it was, Rob. I'm huh. going to go with that. I'm going to say yes. I'm saying yes. Okay, let's let's roll with it. We're going to go with that. All right, so um, inside then we see a couple and they're making love. Uh, the gentleman is on top, the woman's on bottom, um, and the man is stabbed by the woman repeatedly in the back. Mm, yeah, snuff film. Yes. Then we see our nurse, Lisa, enter the room and then all of a sudden all the other people that we know all the townies enter the room as well right we've got a lot of voyeurs here oh we sure do um did you notice me in the back uh no i didn't i was there (laughs) i was there with the camera you were there Um, you had a camera (laughs) i had a camera um (laughs) uh and i also had the bowl of keys but no one seemed interested in that (laughs) um did you have a pineapple (laughs) I had a pineapple. I totally had the pineapple. I'm like, wait, this is a lot different than I expected. Yeah. Um, Right. Um, And then we see it's revealed that the woman in bed is actually Janet. Yes. And this is where our wonderful sheriff just breaks down and he's pretty much lost his marbles. Yep. Because Dobbs is part of this, too, we see. Yep. Mm hmm. So he books it out of there. Um. Okay, I'm freaking out because my notes, <laughs> my notes go from 12 to 15, 
but I think I numbered them wrong. I didn't miss pages. I just <laughs> numbered them wrong. In you, my you decided not writing. to have number 13 in there. That's what it right. was. <laughs> or 14 for some reason. Yeah. So he heads back to Dobbs to confront him. Yeah. And I just thought he was going to kill him. Like he's, he's like, you're fucked up. Um, I need some answers. And if you don't, if I don't like the answers that you give me, you're dying. Well, this is pretty much your world crumbling in around you. Yeah. I mean, seriously, this is like, where do you go from here? I mean, really? Um, but then we've got Dobbs and he's just going on about how Janet was his first crown jewel. And, you know, you know, she was like the best he'd ever done. She's not going to break down or crack. Yeah, she can go on yeah. for like, you know, not like everyone else. She doesn't need weekly service. She doesn't need touch-ups for months. <laughs> he's like, what do you, my wife is not dead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then like, he's like, you know, what is this? You know? And he's like, well, it, you know, it might be black magic. It might be a medical breakthrough, but he's going to take the secret to his grave. Yeah. And then, uh, and I love how he's got all these films playing. It's not like one, like, there's films playing all around that room. Right. And basically of every every murder that happened during the film while it was going on. Yes, exactly. It's so I love the setup. I love it so much. And he's going out. The dead are more beautiful than the living. And <laughs> and they never change. They never grow old. Yeah, exactly. 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 Um, and that he he kind of slides in that uh, Dan can only make Dobbs dead and that Dobb enjoys their little games. Yeah. And it, that made me think of like that he's been messing with his head for quite some time. Yes, exactly. And right. also he says, you know, the the dead don't remember anything. They just remember the the most basic of things and whatever I tell them. Um, exactly. So that's why uh, Janet was not. Uh, she's so very dismissive of almost everything because she she can only retain a certain amount of information, I guess. Exactly. And speaking of Janet, this is where she pops up. Oh, yeah. And, and then. Oh, go ahead. No, what um, what did she say? Like, she, was she talking about cooking? What did he want for supper? And he's like, shut up. And then he starts shooting her. Well, but um, you, well, before that, too, he also knows her face is kind of falling apart. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. OK. And that's when he realizes. It. But then, you know, in, in addition to that, that's when she starts just like repeating that almost conversation word for word that they had had earlier on the night that she had to get to the PTA meeting. Right. And so it's like this is all like mechanical. This is like just rote memory that you're doing this. You yeah, know she's I mean? a not robot. really in her. Exactly. And then. uh he keeps shooting her. He's like saying, die, please die. <laughs> and then. But I'm wondering not, what she says next. Is that from her own will or is I that, think it is. Okay. No, I think it is because she's like, Dan, I'm dead. Please bury me. Yeah. And then he shoots Dobbs <laughs> as the films just keep playing. <laughs> oh, um, and, but it's like, OK, she's uh, even if he buries her, won't she still be a reanimated corpse under the ground? So, so what will that solve? I don't. Well, so let's get there. OK, so. In the interim, she runs out of the building. Now she's in the cemetery. He's calling out for her. And then he finds. Um, uh, she's outside. She's crawled into uh, Georgia's now empty grave because they dug it up. Yeah, she crossed um, out his name and she uh, carved her name on the top. <laughs> yes. 
I find all this very heartbreaking. I don't know about you, but like, I, like in reality, this would be like the saddest thing in the world, I think. Oh, it's completely fucked. It really it's is. It's so horrifying. Um, but then, you know, Dobbs is bleeding out inside. She's down in the ground. And then you see the sheriff with just handfuls of dirt, like throwing it on top of her. And she's burying herself. And, yeah. You know, she's like, I love you. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this he's, is like he's like weeping. And then all of a sudden we get the townsfolk placing flowers on on her uh, newly freshly dug grave. Yeah. Well, inside we got Dobbs is up now. He's not dead. He's up and he started the Victrola. And then he's sticking those like. Uh, and why like is tubing. it? Why, why was he putting lipstick on? I think he was putting make like makeup on. Oh, like, okay, okay. Like his button. Does that make sense to make himself? Yeah, he look was trying to healthy. create him. Yeah, recreate himself in a way. Almost. Yeah, and he's injecting like embalming fluid into him and everything or whatever it is, you know. And then he collapses. Yeah, and yeah. Like you said, outside the townies are comforting him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's cluing in because, and as we see what he's seeing, we're realizing like Betty was in on this too. And so was Ben. Yeah. And so was Hank, you know, and like the doctor and like, everybody's a part of this, like everybody, Jimmy, the, you know, everybody, the nurse, they were like, all looking rough as hell too. Yeah. And the nurse is like, be happy for her, Dan. And then uh, the photo of the townies, um, um, they're taking photos and they start to attack Dan. Yeah. Or you think they're attacking him, but I think they were just trying to, like the movie did a good job of making you think that they were going to attack him. But mm -hmm, as we exactly. come to find out, they were just probably trying to drag him back to uh, the doctor. Yeah, exactly. So then Sheriff Dan has books it back inside the morgue. And then all of a sudden, you know, Dobbs is, is back together and he's like, there's one more thing you should know, Dan. Oh shit. The big reveal. Yep. And then the <laughs> film shows the man on top of Janet rolls over and it was actually Sheriff Dan. Yep. He had been dead for quite some time. And he's screaming now and he's got his hands up to his face. He pulls them down and we see his fingers are starting to like decompose. Yeah, everything. It's, it was like almost as though he had chewed his fingers off. Mm -hmm, exactly. And Dobbs says, come, Dan, let me fix those for you. <laughs> Oh man, this, from start to finish, this thing just screwed with my head. I mean, yeah, what I thought was happening was actually not happening. It was like an M. Night Shyamalan film or something. I'm not joking. I just as I said that last sentence that Dobbs said, I got goosebumps. Like this thing still gets to me. It's still so <laughs> creepy. It oh. is though. And then just really quick, this was um, Jack Albertson, Dobbs. This was his last feature um, movie. And he actually made it to the premiere, but he had to be on oxygen in a wheelchair. And he oh, died wow. just a couple months later after this. Or did he? Ooh, yeah, no, he did. Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I'm so glad that you were willing to watch this. And I'm even more excited that you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was very, I, I like to... Um, how can I explain it properly? I'd like to watch recommendations from people. And I know that you're a big movie buff and you wouldn't really steer me wrong into like shit films. And, uh, so just watching this, I didn't know what to expect, but I knew that I probably wouldn't hate it in thinking that it was like total shit, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I, I trust Mark's judgment. I'll, I'll watch this. And uh, it was definitely, like I said, very suspenseful, very uh, uh, almost a supernatural kind of whodunit. Yes, but I will also say this. There are some movies that once you know the ending or the twist, it's like, okay, that was a fun movie. I never need to see it again. But mm-hmm. I feel this is one of those movies, knowing how it all plays out, it's almost more fun to go back and watch it a second time. Yeah, I think you're right, because you can see things that you didn't see on the first time, almost like how when we revisited the thing, we were picking out certain parts. We were like, maybe this is the reason why this happened, you know? Exactly. And you're still never quite sure about it. You know no. what I mean? It's like, you know, it's just so weird. It's like the interaction these people are having. It's like, are they are they playing Dan or do they really not know themselves? Right, right. And I think that's the beauty of it, like trying to speculate and figure this stuff out. And then you're never really sure or you're never really right or wrong. Exactly. And see, the ambiguity does not bother me. I don't need like a a black and white ending. No. With with this, I love the ambiguity. I think the way it is, I think it's pretty clear, cut and dry. Like you don't need to know what happened next because the story that they were trying to tell you has been told. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually, I mean, Potter's Bluff could be going on to this very day, really. Right, with the same people. Oh, exactly. And there's just more people that they've killed and, you know. Yeah, the, I the mean, population grew. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I find this so very interesting. Like if they made another one, you'd probably see Ron and Jamie and his mom there. Yeah, and it's still the same age and everything, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. And she'd still be looking for ice. <laughs> Trying to put her son in the fridge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm still going to ask you, would you recommend this to other people? I would definitely. I would recommend this to fans of uh, mystery movies and supernatural horror films alike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I still say kudos to, to Stan Winston's work on it. Um, I think it's other than the one thing we talked about, and that doesn't really like take me out of it or anything, but like his work is top notch. It's like, some of the best stuff I've seen on film, I think. Agreed. Like, the man is magic. Oh, he is. He's so talented. So talented. Yeah. No, I, I love this movie so much. Um, now, did you had you even ever heard of it? No, I never even heard of it. Okay. I was just curious. It, yeah. uh, I mean, it might have been something that I came across, but just, you know, passed it by. Uh, to be honest with you, I think a lot of people don't even know this exists. I think it's just like a little hidden gem. And I'm actually glad that you allowed me to discuss it on here because I want more people to know about this because I think it is a really awesome movie. Yeah, it's definitely a diamond in the rough. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes, I, I feel the same way. I, I'm glad that you uh, uh, also uh, adhere to that uh, thought with me because I would love for more people to see this. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a fun watch. It was nice to get drawn into that world and then have all the assumptions that I have shatter before me. You know, it was just, it was very, very interesting. And I was engrossed throughout the entire movie. There was never a dull moment. Oh, good. I'm glad. I always, I kind of worry about that with you. I don't want to give you something and have you be bored with it. Yeah. I think I would be bored if they, uh, if there was too much build and then not enough payoff, 
Because mm-hmm. um, I know there were some movies in the past that I thought they were going to be good, but they just they relied on building the tension so much that when the tension was finally finally released, there was pretty much nothing there. You know, it had no there was no meat to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I also think with this one, there's so many little things peppered throughout that you're like, oh, I know how this is going. And they throw something in. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. This it, one kind of like, you know, knocked that theory right out from underneath me, you know? Right. And that's why I liked mystery movies. I like Identity, man. That thing really oh, messed with me. Yeah, I do love that one, too. Yeah, I do love Identity. Yeah, that's a pretty cool one, too. That's some good writing right there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I like that one a lot. Well, I'm so happy we did this. Um, so the next time we meet, now I will tell you this, <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy of Terror is very different because it's a Corman movie. It's a sci-fi. It, it's not this movie. So don't. That, that's fine. <laughs> I love sci-fi, man. Okay. But it's, you know, don't expect like Alien. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I a just, Roger Corman film. I okay. Mean. Yes. All right. Adjust, adjust your, uh, your, uh, uh, what's the word I want? Um, expectations accordingly. And I think you'll be okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the thing so much. But anyway, um, so we'll be doing Galaxy of Terror next week. And I certainly uh, uh, hope you can make it with us on that one. Um, we can always be reached on uh, Instagram. I'm over there at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. And oh, then- yes. And you can also email us at mmccpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, give us your movie recommendations. Let us know what you thought of the film. Yes, please. Yes. Anything that you have to say, uh, we will uh, love to hear from it. If it's horrible and awful, we'll take it with a grain of salt. Um, we're just two movie fans that enjoy doing this. Um, so, yeah. Um, and we appreciate you for joining us uh, this go around because the more the scarier, I always say. That's right. Mm-hmm. And until next time, stay spooky. Stay spooky.